Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the legendary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be here to help you be the best version of you that you can be. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of The Johnny King Show, and I really appreciate you being with me today. I want to step into the whole conversation around the imposter syndrome um, and, and what it takes to break out of that because I massively suffered from this uh, up until roughly maybe five, six years ago, and man, I remember... Um, really in my 20s, in my early 30s, like especially working in corporate America before I ventured off on my own um, in being kind of self-employed and entrepreneur 10 years ago, man, I I would sit in my office and I'd sit down at the beginning of the day, not really knowing what I should be doing. Um, I would literally be just like messing around in Excel spreadsheets and picking up the phone and, and answering calls and shooting off emails. I was literally putting out fires but my greatest concern, especially towards the end of the day, like the last two hours of the day when I was so unmotivated and I didn't want to be doing anything, but I was faking like I was working, that someone was going to eventually call me out in a meeting or my boss was going to walk in and be like, bro, let's, let's cut, to the, you know, cut the crap here. I know you're not working. You're not all that intelligent. You're only here you know, based off of this or that. And that was my biggest fear that I was going to be found out. Um, not only in my work, but in my relationships and everything else. What that imposter syndrome is rooted in is a lack of self-worth. I, I didn't, you know, I couldn't totally articulate it at the time, but I just didn't feel like I was enough. And that story was ingrained in me when I decided, I created that story kind of unknowingly as a second grader when I was held back in second grade and I had to redo that year because we moved from one state to another. Um, but, for, but during that very first year of second grade, I cheated my way through it. I wasn't a very good reader, speller, mathematician. I was struggling in all aspects of second grade, and I had shame. I had a lot of shame because I was bullying my way, <laughs> if you can believe that, um, through various you know, classmates of mine to let, them, to, to let me see their answers so that I could pass. Even as a little second grader, I was somewhat resourceful, but I wasn't doing it in a very effective way. Um, I was one of the better athletes, and so I'd be like, I'm not going to choose you for kickball if you don't let me see your answers. I forget exactly how I did it, but I got my way through second grade, but when we moved to St. Louis from the the northeast, I was held back, and that shame reared its ugly head, and I created a story that – that instead of what my mom was telling me, which was that I was being held back because of my age, because I was born in September, um, that I actually was being held back because she knew deep down inside that I was a cheater. And so that story hung with me all the way until about 34 years old. And it highly impacted my relationships, my performance on the athletic field, um, you know, my, my corporate jobs in my 20s. And even when I was working for myself in my early 30s, like no matter how much work I would do, 
and how productive I was, at the end of the day, it was never enough. It was never enough. And that was ultimately the deep-rooted belief that I wasn't enough, and because I wasn't enough, that I would not be accepted and loved. And if someone actually found me out and called me out for being the imposter that I was, that they would actually find out that, sure enough, I was a fake and that they wouldn't know and, and love me and accept me and respect me and that sort of thing, right? So at its core, though, what I've come to realize is that successful leadership is about creating strong relationships based on mutual trust and respect, but if you can't respect and trust yourself, then there's no real good way to, to become a great leader, right? So I certainly have been led by leaders who were faking it, who were deeply insecure, but they were using their influence or their you know, heavy-handedness to get what they wanted just to boost up their own, um, you know, their own sense of ego, which was to serve hiding their deepest insecurities. And I had a coach in college who, well, I had several coaches, but this particular coach wanted to be a, like a, a Bobby Knight of Indiana basketball. He wanted to break his, his, uh, <laughs> his players down and then rebuild them up. The only difference between this guy and Bobby Knight is that uh, Bobby Knight had Division One basketball players who were really good and committed, <laughs> compared to this coach, who's uh, you know trying to break down Division Three Bible school basketball players who kind of at some point uh, didn't give a, a flying f <laughs> about their basketball career. And so you know I'm on the JV team and and, and as a freshman in college and. He's ripping into me and my mom and my dad and my family's history and all this stuff in the middle of practice. And with every single comment, uh, he's just, in my eyes, losing more and more and more in respect. And I got through that first whole season, but then as things started right back up, right where we left off, starting the next season as my sophomore year, I was like, you know what? <laughs> this guy has taken... I allowed him, I gave my power away to him in allowing it to completely take all joy out of the game. I mean, basketball was my, one of my favorite games and, uh, to play, and I was like, you know what, screw this. So we ended up having this hour and a half long meeting, <clears throat> and it was so funny because I could see right through the games he was playing. And for the first 45 minutes of this meeting, when I, when I us, just came, down, came in and sat down, it's like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm quitting the team. I can't play for you anymore um, and because I can't respect you. And I was proud of myself to actually tell, tell him exactly why. And so for the next 45 minutes, he praised me and my family and, you know, attempting to build the rapport again. And I was like, not having it. I could totally see his games. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. You know, I was like, he, he said finally halfway through, like, it sounds like you're not wanting to play for me because you don't, respect me as as a coach and I was like yeah that's what I've been saying for 45 minutes <laughs> and then he launched into about another 45 minute tirade of just more of the same how like I'm a piece of shit and you know I'll never amount to anything I've never worked hard for anything in my life and and all this stuff and you know it's just interesting to to then just be looking at a, a grown-ass man and, and see the, the insecurities come 
you know, flying out. And truthfully, that meeting should, should have been about 10 minutes, not an hour and a half long. But uh, again, I was only a, a 19-year-old or 20-year-old and still figuring my way out through life. But, you know, at the end of the day, I left that basketball program so I could go play for a coach in the soccer program that I highly respected, that, I, um, that was a great leader, who was a secure man and really taught a ton about character development. And so the real, the real interesting thing is, is that by doing that, he, he had created in the soccer program a group of men who were motivated to, to be a successful team. We were, we were motivated. We were dedicated. We had a successful leader in whom we respected. Um, and we, we all protected each other and what we had created. And ultimately, we were a very, very good team. We only lost a couple of games, two games that my senior year and went off to the NCAA Division Three tournament. And uh, yeah, it was a very successful career. And I was proud of myself for kind of drawing the line between knowing who I could play for, uh, who I was willing to play for and who I wasn't. And it always comes down to respect. And so when it comes back around, I say all that because when it comes back around to being a you know, an imposter, this has everything to do with you doing the work. If you, if you resonate at all with feeling like you're an imposter at times or a fraud, it is because you don't a respect yourself <laughs> like yourself at times. And ultimately you don't have the self-esteem or the self-worth that you need to thus be able to, to lead not only others, but to lead yourself, you know? Um, so that's that's really where the the leadership and the self-worth have to come together, you know, because it's about building relationships. And the best way to, to do that is to get the respect of your team. That might be your family. It might be your coworkers. But you have to stay humble and not pretend like you know everything. So people are far more likely to respect the person who displays a willingness to learn right, or to ask questions and ask for help than the person who pretends like they already know everything uh, that there is to know, right? So that's the way that I approach a lot of my coaching, a lot of my uh, kind of the, the men's work that I've been doing here in Denver over the last year is just to, to show up and say, hey, I might be leading this group as a facilitator, but I don't have the answers per se. Let's all do this as a team and come together and figure out what it is that we need as a community of men to, to hold each other to a higher level of, uh, of how we show up. And I think that's so much better than, you know, feeling like we need to improve um, and, and, and be this arrogant leader, right, um, who is untouchably perfect. No one really likes that. Um, and those that are like that are fooling themselves. And the only people that end up following those types of people are people just like them. And so anyways, if there's anything to take away from this uh, quick episode, it's to honestly look at like, you know what? For me, a lot of the work was done through having opportunities where I was stepping into leadership, even if I didn't believe myself, but then to have a lot of encouraging support behind me to then be able to start kind of locking away instances um, or evidence of my leadership and, and AKA also instances where 
I was being um, validated for who I was. And that allowed me to chip away at the limiting beliefs that, that said I wasn't enough and that I was a fake. When in reality, people are like, no, you are enough. You're a great leader. We're all great leaders. But like in these type of situations, that, that helped me kind of break away that, that limiting story that I created in second grade. And, uh, and now at this point, five, six years later, that rarely comes up. Um, sure, certainly does here and there a little bit because I think it's always a journey. But for the most part, um, you know, to have that sense of self-pride and self-esteem and still come from a place of humility is a wonderful thing that we all deserve. Um, and if you don't have it, it's only because you learned it, uh, learned some type of limiting belief along the way when you were younger. And it's not true. It just means you have to do the hard work as an adult to change that story. And that story can be changed just by getting opportunities to step into leadership roles and to stay humble, to ask questions, you know, to, to lead from the power of the group versus becoming, you know, a, uh, a hero coach or a hero leader where all the eyes are on me. That's definitely not the way I think in my humble opinion to be a good leader. And, uh, and trust me, just by doing that over and over again, doing the, the personal development, stepping into the uncomfortable positions, but then leading from that place of humility is the way to, to really transform your life. So thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch up with you soon. And that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, I'd be honored if you'd share it on your favorite social platform. It also really helps to get the word out if you subscribe and leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Something you think we could be doing better? I love constructive feedback as it's always welcome. And please feel free to email me at podcast at johnnyking.com with any questions or concerns. I'm also available on Instagram at Johnny King or on Facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been awesome. And we'll catch up with you next time. Peace. Peace.